When I think of a pastor of a congregation, besides the guy standing in front on the platform, is especially the youth pastors that I know, is they always sit in coffee shops and have lots and lots of meetings. So guess what? I'm speaking to Retief Berger. Hello, Retief. Where are you? Hey, <laughs> Janine. I, I am in a coffee shop. You know, I, I need to connect. and I need to connect over good coffee and disciple people. And um, man, just, just be out there. I can't sit in an office. No, no, no. <laughs> so I'm always wondering, do you know the owners of the shops? By the 570th meeting that you have in their coffee shop, does the coffee start getting cheaper? Yeah, no, it does get cheaper. You have like like a bull there, and I can, I can <laughs> Frequent just wait. Frequent flyer miles. No, all the waiters. I can actually ask a, a, a ask for a specific waiter if I also want to. <laughs> <laughs> More man. But I am wondering. You know, it was Corona and pandemics all over the world, and now that pastors don't have to perform mm. on a Sunday and and do lots of long speeches, did you have anything to do at all in the past two years? No, I just, I just uh, did nothing. Janine, you know me. I just, I just sat around and did nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. I was very busy. I, um, I, uh, lots of stuff. Um, first, I had my third child, so that kind of kept us busy during a lockdown. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's she's just over a year now, and um, then um, we. We planted actually a church in lockdown. Um, it was uh, in the making for about two years before lockdown happened uh, in March 2020. And the church plant was already um, in motion. And then we just kept going. We felt like God was, was in this. And we started with small groups, even though we couldn't gather. That was our strategy from the start is to, to reach individuals, start to disciple them, bring them into family. And then eventually when we could uh, gather in October 2020, when we started our first services, um, we had a, a church. <laughs> it's amazing how God builds his church no matter what happens. I must say, um, I, I was speaking to Louis Giglio from Passion, and he was saying that a huge percentage or a, quite a large percentage of churchgoers who had gone to church because it was a good idea, it's the right thing to do, it's my culture, fell away completely mm. when Corona hit. And that another brand new huge percentage of people joined that had not been part of church in the past because they were feeling mm. lost and they were feeling overwhelmed and they really wanted answers. And they connected and they didn't leave. So it was like a whole shift that happened in churchdom. Did you experience the same thing? Exactly. Um, I think you see you. You nailed it when you said um, it's like um, I'm a cultural Christian. Um, suddenly that's gone. And um, and if if people aren't really plugged in and connected in a specific family, um, then there will always be um, um, no need for people to to return. Um, and if you want to watch something, you can watch it on. You, you can watch any pastor on Sunday live, but that's not church. Um, church isn't just getting a message. It is being plugged in. It's being part of. A place we are accountable, we are committed, where you are serving. It's like a home. It's like a spiritual family. And I think you're correct that it's a sifting process that has happened. Um, and um, <laughs> we know that that God is always in the business of having a remnant, the the true remnant, 
those who um, really choose to, 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 to stick it out and to keep building and keep walking together in whatever season it is that we're in. And I know it's been difficult. And, um, and I'm not speaking about the gathering because a lot of people, yes, just because of safety have not um, been at gatherings and we totally respect that. But you can still be connected to people and really in strong relationships, even though we are isolated physically. And, and we saw that happen in a beautiful way in the last year and a half. I am curious at how did people then find this new congregation of yours? I mean, you you out there, the Internet is a vast monster. How did people mm. find Every Nation, this brand new church that you started? Um, well, <laughs> on the one hand, there is Facebook and all those things. We can just get the info. But we've always been a relational church, trying to build one relationship at a time. Slow is fast. Um, even our, our plan of planting this this congregation um, uh, from the start was not to start with a with a worship service or a gathering. It was always to start with connect groups because our whole mission is discipleship, is one on one, reaching the lost or those who are not in church, the unchurched, the de-churched, the whatever you want to call it. But to really through friendships, whether it be neighbours, uh, whether it be strangers to really reach out in the community. And, of course, it's not an it's not a, a, a independent church. Um, I was planted from the church that I led for seven years. So we have various churches across um, or con- congregations across Tswane and, and the world and wherever. So it's, it's from a congregation. Um, and the beauty was um, there was about a group of 40 people who were already discipled, strong people who had the vision of being part of something new who came along. And they did the groundwork. They were there. They they reached out to friends and to families and to neighbors. And it was word of mouth. And um, it's just just good to see how God builds his church. Uh, we just make disciples and he builds the church. I think when we get it the other way around, when we try and build the church, <laughs> then it becomes burdensome. No, we just make disciples and he builds his church. And the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it or the gates of COVID will not stand against it. Anything is possible. Yeah, that is the gates of hell, the gates of COVID. Um, I, I <laughs> oh, am yes. also curious that that in South Africa, we, with our culture, Christianity, we grow up and, and it's like everybody knows the name Jesus and we sort of have a little toe in the sea when it comes to Christianity. We know a little bit and sometimes it's just enough to offend us. But this whole corona problem has brought many people who who felt vulnerable to taste and see that God is good again, you know, that's sort of get into the church culture. And I'm wondering, of the people that then tasted, how many stuck, you know, because um, if you were hoping that people are going to say shame, shame, and going to carry you on their arms or whatever, mm. people were mm. all at a vulnerable place. It's a very interesting dynamic for me, this whole I'm, I'm at a vulnerable place, mm. let's try out the church and then either be disappointed or either think, no, this is too much commitment. Um, it's, it's like boots and mm. all or just run away again. Well, I think it differs from, from person to person. And that's the beauty of Jesus. He always meets us where we're at. <laughs> and, um, we all know that, that being fully committed to Christ is all in. It is all in. But for some, it takes a month to get all in. For others, it takes six years or two years. And, and, um, I think if we can have authentic Christian communities and church where 
you have patience with people, where you walk it out with them, where you support them, and where you challenge them. I think that's the good thing about um, healthy church. It's not just a kumbaya moment. It is also a, okay, uh, we need to be challenged because the truth will set us free, the Bible says, but is my abbreviation. It will set us free, but first it will tick us off. <laughs> um, because we do not like hearing um, the truth about ourselves sometimes. But that is where the freedom lies. We're willing to see ourselves for we really are without Jesus, our need for a Savior. And for some people, that takes longer. Um, it's very interesting. <laughs> people who are really lost and people who are really desperate, they surrender sometimes much quicker than people that think they're okay. Because there's like a self-righteousness. Um, like, I don't need a Savior. Why do I need church? Why do I need Jesus? Um, versus people who know that they are lost and they're fully surrendered. They're broken. Uh, I've seen beautiful life change happen in people in the last year because of that attitude. Humility is the way into the kingdom. You need to humble yourself. And for some, it takes longer than others. And I think as pastors and as leaders, we just need to have patience and to gauge where everybody's at, to help them gently, answer their questions, try and just be there, stick it out, um, not try and give cheap or quick answers, not force it on people, because they need to decide for themselves. Um, but we have seen many people stick. Yes, we have seen people also just this is not for them or this offended them or whatever it is um, because Christianity in its essence is offensive because it, 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 it offends our self-righteousness, it offends our pride, and our, our self-sufficiency and ultimately our sin. Mm -hmm. And the greatest sin is the sin of self, is the I, the unholy trinity, me, myself and I. So it will confront, but it will eventually set you free if people would be able or willing to humbly submit themselves. Mm, I love what you're saying. We were just reading in Luke about the Pharisee and the tax collector and how much exactly. time has got for this guy who said, woe is me, I'm a sinner, yeah. Lord, have mercy on me. That just a realization of who we are. It's not a popular thing. Huh? We are, our selling point is our confidence and our boldness. And yet God says, if you're yeah. just a little honest with yourself, you'd be the tax collector. Yeah, exactly. Actually, in our connect group or our discipleship group I had with a bunch of men yesterday, we spoke about that same parable. And it's amazing how Jesus, if you look at the, all the times he was really cross in the New Testament, it was normally against religious people, people who thought they're okay, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and like that, that Pharisee that says, oh, God, thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. Mm. But wow, the mercy that he showed to those who were broken and they need of a savior. He just jumped in. If I think about that parable, I think about Zacchaeus and the tree and the woman caught in adultery. Jesus just met them. There was mercy, love conquered them. Um, so I always see these, these two, two contradictions. <laughs> God has a lot of time for people who are, who are willing to be changed and who are broken enough to say, Lord, I need a savior. But I do think he gets a bit uh, stuck into people who think they're self-righteous and I'm better than you and um, you're know, holier than thou and whatever. Um, so humility, that's the key for me. So, yeah, being a pastor, full-time job, starting a new church, full-time job right there. Did you miss getting on stage and ministering with your music? Oh, wow, of course. Because oh, I come alive. I'm 
I'm in my flow. <laughs> and um, I just I just love seeing God minister through me. And uh, yeah, I missed it a lot. And it's not the same when you have a little screen in front of you and you are broadcasting a Facebook worship set. Uh, we are meant to also worship together. So I can't wait to, to do that again. Well, that's going to be exciting. It's something that's changing now again, now with restrictions um, allowing us to get more and more people together, even indoors. So you'll be able to get out there and with a whole band. I mean, that's that dynamic. You haven't had that luxury in a long time. Mm-mm, no, definitely not. And, oh, man, I'm so super stoked just to play with my guys again. Uh, I'm like, oh, I hope I remember how to sing. <laughs> Because <laughs> I haven't sung in a long time or, or led worship in that moment. But I hope it's like getting on a bicycle again and just being amongst my friends and worshiping Jesus together and being in front of people and just going full out and all out. Um, I think it's going to be so, so special. But are they still all doing the music thing? So so many of the artists literally changed careers during this time because they couldn't make yeah. a living. And the, and the session musicians as well, they just couldn't live that way. No, absolutely. It was it was detrimental to the whole music industry. And well, a lot of my friends um, uh, that I play with, they, they kept doing, um, like you say, odd jobs, other things. Uh, here and there supporting churches with online recordings for services and uh, still uh, teaching and producing and because those things still happened um, but it was definitely at a, at a smaller scale um, and even the sound engineers the knock that they took uh, many of them closing shop and having to sell all their gear and now it's it's been it's been rough it's been it's been tough so uh, I hope the guys practice before before our first gig. <laughs> that's going to be interesting <laughs> sure to see they, if you can still play uh, together. Those rusty fingers. <laughs> yeah. um, so where is this first gig of yours? So um, it's actually on the 14th of October in Pretoria North at uh, Montana area. It's the ultimate aim um, is the is the is the venue. There's a great restaurant. There's a beautiful beautiful multi tool um, facility actually sports facility and uh, i know the owners and the people and uh we just we were planning this and like actually uh, before the the third wave hit and we wanted to do this together and uh yeah so it's gonna be incredible evening of worship um, together at, at ultimate aim in montana in, in pretoria Okay, well, it's very exciting that it's happening at last. It's been rescheduled about three times already. Every time they think, now we're going to do it, and then there's another wave. Mm. So luckily it's right now. There's nothing that's going to stop it, so that's very exciting. But people can go get that information on your Facebook? Yes, on my Facebook page, and there's a there's a Quicket. Um, I think it's quicket.co.za where you can get a ticket for 100 Rand. And uh, I think we start at 7 o'clock, 7.30, uh, somewhere there. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be a great evening. There will be um, all the right regulations for COVID. All of that, people are welcome um, just to to come. It's a it's a big, spacious venue as well that will really um, also help with with all those challenges. Okay, so besides getting back on the road again, you still had to make some new music or get involved at least with a new project. Yeah, um, so Dr. Daya and Revelation Enterprises approached me for a, a, a album, an Afrikaans album that they uh, wrote all the music and then produced in-house um, incredible songs that came out of the Dr. Daya family from all across the country. And then they asked me to be a guest artist on one of the songs and I really felt privileged to be asked for this. And um, well, the song that the guys wrote, the title is Steer Me, Send Me. 
And it's such a song of hope, um, just declaring Jesus is the hope of the world. And then, Lord, send me into the world. It's a very dangerous song. Whenever we have missional songs, I'm, I'm actually sometimes just too scared to sing it because <laughs> I'm looking at my own life and, and how, how much do I walk out of my comfort zone to cross the road, to cross the room, to cross the border or wherever mm-hmm. into the world to reach the lost for Christ and to share the gospel unashamedly. Um, so this is a song like that. It's, it's a dangerous song, but, um, but it was so great to be part of this. Is it for sale? Yes, so they can go and buy it at uh, various platforms, whether it's Spotify or iTunes. Uh, it's online available. The, the album title is Tot in Ewigheid. And then the specific song is Stier Mai. Have you heard some of the other songs? Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. It's brilliant. Really good songs. Yeah, it's so fresh. It's so different. Um, I, I think it was so needed. Um, yeah, there's a couple of songs that's, that's favorites of mine, but I'm enjoying the album, worshiping with it, and we'll be definitely singing some of those songs in our own congregation. Okay, so we're going to cl- get to play the song quickly, Steer May. It's not an upbeat song. It's a worship song. It's gorgeous, absolutely stunning. But before we listen to it, all the places people can connect with you again. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm kind of everywhere. Um, if you want to see also where I'm ministering in the next two months, uh, God willing, a uh, couple of gigs lined up that I'm so stoked about. Okay. And then also your congregation. Can anyone walk in and come? Yeah, of course, anybody. It's every nation, 20, Elardis Park. So we're in the Elardis Park area. We actually congregate at Wingate Park Country Club. That's where we're coming together on Sundays at 9 o'clock. We have a great kids' church uh, running. We, uh, we're a bit mingles, so we do uh, English and Afrikaans because we have a widespread of people, multicultural. We love just having nations together and uh, our heartbeat for discipleship and, and reaching our community and area. Uh, anybody's welcome. And we also have a Facebook page, Every Nation, Twane Ilardes Park specifically. Yeah, I just learned a new word. Mingles, people. Okay, but we're going for... Mingles, s- yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go for pure Afrikaans of next year, mate. This is what it sounds like.